Hello, welcome to Theology for You. We are now on episode number three. Ben here with you. And Victoria. And Victoria. She is back. No more slacking <laughs> since she was not here on our last episode. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for listening and liking and sharing and commenting. Had a lot of nice comments on our website and Facebook page, so just appreciate your support so far. Yeah, thank you. And if you do... If you are enjoying this podcast, feel free to rate on iTunes. Give us as many stars as you think we deserve. Five. Hopefully five. (laughs) But that helps other people find the podcast. So thank you for the love you've shown and will show. So today, um, we're actually recording two days, I believe, after the shooting in Charleston where a young man went to a church and shot and killed Uh, nine people and we had already planned this week to talk about the gospel and events like this really show the relevance of the gospel and our need for the gospel um so we're we're just going to talk about the gospel a little bit and Mm -hmm. uh, what it what it means in situations like this um how how it gets us through these things not necessarily as a crutch, but as a life-giving, a source of life. Um, so that's that's really where we're going to go. And then you can be on the lookout um, in a couple weeks uh, for like a bonus episode. To, so how you can kind of tell the story of the gospel. So, um, But when we come to the gospel, the gospel is really the... Uh, a few things about the gospel it's really the great equalizer because when you hear the message of the gospel it says that i'm a sinner victoria is a sinner uh, you who are listening you, you're a sinner sorry it's what the bible teaches romans three twenty three: all have sinned and fall short of the glory of god so it, it puts us all on an even even and level playing field because it says we're all sinners we've all sinned against a holy god and because we've all sinned against the Holy God, um, we are separated from Him. We don't know Him. We are not in relationship with Him. And the Gospel teaches us that anything that we try to do to know God or to be in relationship with Him apart from Christ, it's fruitless and pointless. Mm-hmm. So the Gospel, not only is it the great equalizer, but it is also the gateway into which we know God, and it's also the gateway or the beginning of our study of theology, because we've been defining theology as the studied practice of knowing God, but if you don't know the gospel, you can't study theology. So the gospel really starts with God being holy, and why why is that important that we start with God being holy? Yeah, that's... That's a good question. I remember oftentimes when um, I was younger, I would go to camps and that sort of thing that taught you how how to evangelize, you know, how to win your friends to Jesus. And it would always start with, you know, just make sure that person knows how bad they are. And that we'll get to that. We kind of, that's part of the gospel. But as you mentioned, like we, we can't really start with us because we're not the point. We have to start with God. So if, if God is... Um, divine and if he did set the universe into motion and holds it all together now um, which is what we believe then who he is and what he says must be important and so we know from scripture 
that God says he's holy, which means that he is perfect and he's never done anything wrong. We do, like you mentioned, Ben, we're kind of recording this two days after the um, tragic shooting in Charleston at the Emmanuel AME Church. And um, those, those, that's a sin. That's a grave, grave sin. And God um, being holy means that he has, there, there is no part of God that um, is sinful or is evil. That is so far removed from who God is. So first we have to start with, with God being perfect and without sin, without any wrongdoing. Um, because, like I said, if, if we believe um, that God is who he says he is and there is a God and all those things, then who he is must inform the way we we see the rest of life really all of life yeah and who he is means that his character determines who can be in relationship with him mm, right so <clears throat> as first john 1 5 says in him is light and there is no darkness in him a literal translation would be in him is light darkness in him no is none mm. so John, that's really bad English. Yeah, but no, it's not. <laughs> but John's trying to prove the point that God is completely holy. He's completely perfect. There's not a, a speck of darkness in mm-hmm. God. Mm-hmm. Um, and since God is holy, he determines who can be in relationship with him, who can be in his presence. Mm-hmm. And, even, um, it's, and since that is true... And we learn from the Bible. We've already mentioned Romans 3.23. Why that verse is so important is because it literally means they all have sinned. It literally means we've all missed the mark. Mm. We've all missed the mark of God's holiness. We have all sinned. And just one one sin is enough to banish us from God's presence. You see that in Genesis 3 when Adam and Eve ate of the fruit. The big thing that they did is, is not... They did eat the fruit, which God told them not to do, but they they disobeyed God's word. They doubted that he was good and loving. And according to what we know from the Bible, that's the only sin they ever committed. And then God threw them out of the garden. Now we know from the Bible that they continued to sin, um, but that one sin banished them from God's presence. It distorted and even destroyed their relationship with him because he... God comes down, and they run and they hide. They no longer want to be around God because they've sinned. They And they know just by being in his presence that they have sinned. And we see that God is the one who moves to restore the relationship even then. And he gives the first great gospel promise in Genesis 3.15 that the seed of the woman will crush the head of the serpent. And that's a promise of redemption. And then the Bible continues and we come to jesus that's a i know we skipped over a lot there but um but we come to jesus and john says with jesus comes grace and truth yeah no just yes that is true i was just going to say to back up for a second we are assuming of course that you're familiar with the um genesis account of the creation and fall of the world we've mentioned genesis 3 ben's mentioned genesis 3 a couple times um, but if you're not familiar with that, just go read yeah. Genesis 1 through 3. And that that um, portion of scripture is just a really great um, example of what we were just talking about, that if God is holy, he can set the standard of how, how he is to be interacted with. That was bad English, but that's okay. Um, so we see in the garden, he set up this perfect place and he defined rules that govern the place and they had to be followed. And when they weren't followed... Um, 
like you just meant you kind of started down that consequence path. Um, but yeah, just, just to throw that in there. If you're not familiar with Genesis 3, we're assuming you are, but if you're mm-hmm. not, grab a Bible if you have one near, or just Google Genesis 3 and you'll find um, many sources where you can mm-hmm. read that yeah. account. So what the gospel also teaches us, God is holy. We are sinners because we're sinners. We're not in relationship with God. But it teaches us that uh, Jesus came and God sent his son. John three sixteen, very familiar verse. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes would not perish but have e- eternal life. And Jesus defines eternal life as knowing God the Father and knowing him. That's in John seventeen three. So Jesus came. He lived the perfect life that we didn't do. And what you see is Jesus, where Adam and Eve disobeyed, Jesus obeyed in every respect. Jesus was sinless. He never told a little white lie, mm. which is a lie. Um, <laughs> so Jesus experienced everything that we did, being fully God, fully man, very God of very God, very man of very man, as one of the old creeds puts it. Um, and he was sinless, and he was perfect. And because he was sinless and perfect, he was the only one that could bridge that gap between us and our Creator. He was the only one who had a right relationship. Yeah, he's the only one who had a right relationship with God that could do that. Therefore... <clears throat> Jesus, only his his death would be acceptable to God because he was perfect and holy. No other person could have died for our sins and it would have been acceptable because every other person, if I would have died for your sins, it wouldn't have been acceptable because I'm a, I'm a sinner through and through. I, you know, I sometimes I think I wake up in the morning and first thing I do is sin. Um, but Jesus, since he was perfect and holy, and he never sinned, he he died and he bore the penalty that we deserve for our sin, that we all deserve. And those who come to him in faith, those who trust what he has done, they can be made right with God, and they are now in a living and vital relationship with God. And that all happens because of grace. That's another way that the gospel is really an equalizer, because it teaches us that we all need Grace. We can't earn our way to God. Jesus did it for us, and God sent his son in his grace so that we can be made right with him. And when it comes to situations like we're facing and what we're hearing about in the news in Charleston, it it really points to that what the world needs is grace. The world is broken, and we long, we long for a day. I know I do. We long... For the day when we won't hear of these things anymore. Mm. These awful shootings, just these pure acts of evil. And what the gospel also teaches us is that one day, Jesus will come again. And in his grace, we'll we'll be back in the garden. We'll have perfect fellowship with God, perfect relationship. We won't need the sun anymore. This is always cool to me. We won't need the sun anymore because God's glory will shine so bright that we won't need the sun. God will be there. He will be our light. Makes me think of that first John verse again. God in him is light. 
because we'll be with him and we won't hear of these things and the death and the carnage and the brokenness and racism and all these other things and the the reason the gospel is relevant is because paul says in ephesians 2 that through the gospel god is reconciling not only humans to himself but humans to one another it talks about creating one new man so there's no longer jew and gentile there's no longer black and white there's no longer american and european it's one new man one new person in Christ Jesus. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's it's good that you mentioned that, Ben, because that was one thing I was just thinking, like in in particular, again, we didn't mean to make this episode about the Charleston shooting, and it's not necessarily, but it's we've just been talking about it over dinner and that sort of thing. So it's in our mind, but particularly with um that you are looking at racism and a horrible horrible display kind of the ultimate place racism can take you is um thinking that the other race is not worthy of their life which this um young man did think which is it's it's chilling to even say i don't know how your mind could work that way but um the the amazing thing about the gospel is not that our um, born race fades away but it just becomes secondary that our first race is um, Christ, if you will, that Christians are united by that, um, by the their love of the Lord and their acceptance of Him, of Jesus live, living a perfect life that they could not have lived and saying, yes, Jesus, I take your life in the place of mine and in my stead, to use an old word. Um, and that's what Christians get to center around, is Christ. And not only does that answer racism, but it answers... Um, sexism and classism and ageism and all of these ways that we have found to um, discriminate against one another ethnocentrism you know all these ways we've um, made up in our depraved sinful minds to think that we are superior to somebody else the gospel really does provide um, the solution for that and not that Again, not that the gospel is a crutch or a band-aid to fix all the problems, but it does offer um, immediate help and aid, but then also this kind of future hope that we will one day see a world where God has made all things right and all things new. Um, and yeah, we'll get to we'll get to experience how God created the world to work and function to mm-hmm. His glory, which is which is, is amazing to think about. I don't think about that enough. But Yeah, and the gospel also, when we think of issues like this, and we'll talk about this more in a coming episode. I think it's the next one. The gospel also teaches us that justice has been served. Mm-hmm. And Paul teaches in Romans that God is now the just and the justifier mm-hmm. of, the, <clears throat> of the one who has faith in Jesus. Because when we see events like this, we really crave and we yearn for justice. And another thing that the gospel teaches us is that God is just. He is a God of justice. And he has made a way and his justice has been served and satisfied in Christ so that we can be made right with him. But We'll talk more about that in a, in a coming episode. So if we could summarize the gospel... It starts with God, 
the gospel is always about God. Mm. It's never about us. It's always about God's character and God's action. Uh, God is holy. He's perfect. Therefore, he determines how and who can be in relationship with him, who can have, uh, who can be in his presence. It teaches us that we are all sinners. We're on equal footing before God. None of us has a leg up on someone else before God. We all are guilty before him. But God in his grace and his love and his mercy and even in his justice and his wrath and his holiness has sent his son who obeyed him perfectly. He obeyed where we have disobeyed. And those who come to faith in him believe in his life, his death, his resurrection are now made right with God. We now know our creator as Paul puts it. We have peace with God through Jesus Christ. Yeah, and again, just like just to break down that idea of what it means to believe in Jesus, I just know for myself for a long time that was a really confusing phrase to me, but we've we've talked about it in this episode, but it's saying that Jesus came to earth as a man, fully God and fully man, who lived a life that was totally acceptable to God. So Jesus was the only human who has ever had ability to be in perfect, right relationship with God. And um, in addition to having that ability in himself for credit to his account, some people use that terminology, he also offers it to us. He, but, but at the same time that Jesus is offering his life to us, he is offering to take our imperfect life. It's his own, mm-hmm. which he did. And, um, and that's, that's what the cross is, is Jesus taking all of our own, all of our sin as his own and getting the full wrath of God that sin requires was poured out on Christ on the cross but because Christ also had this perfect life, we see that's what the resurrection is, that it's God saying he accepts Jesus's perfect sacrifice. Um, and, and now that those who believe Jesus was fully God, fully man, lived a perfect life, took our sin, they take that life as their own, are now also in right relationship with God think the old preacher Charles Spurgeon called it the great exchange um and just I hope that maybe breaks it down Mm -hmm. a little more we we just use that word believe in Jesus so often and it's not believing Jesus was alive or um was a man even but believing all of those things about him that his life is given to his, yes. his record is given to me. Mm-hmm. The record of his life is given to me. And the record of my sinful life was put on him on the cross and dealt mm-hmm. with and taken care of. So, Yeah, it's the empty hand mm-hmm. reaching out and holding on to him and what he's done. That's, that's belief. Mm-hmm. That's belief. Yeah, absolutely. We could go on <laughs> for a while just because there's so many wonderful things about the gospel when you start thinking about it. I mean, we just touched on a little bit. We've been talking for 20 minutes now but the gospel is so important because it is the main message of the bible and it's also the gateway to knowing god 
and it helps us on our journey of studying theology, which we have defined as the studied practice of knowing God. So if you don't know God initially, you're not going to know God at all as you study your theology. And maybe if you have any questions about the gospel, let us know anywhere, the comments on Facebook, tweet us, you know, whatever. You could send an email. Um, Just, yeah, this is a big, it is a big concept. And if you have further questions, we'd love to answer them either in the podcast or just one-on-one. Yeah, for sure. So until next time, thanks for listening, guys. And uh, we will see you on, or you will hear us (laughs) in our next episode. Have a great week. Bye.